Uh, thank you, Betsy. Three, two, one. Welcome in. Apparently, Sipple has a close personal relationship with the Zoom the recording now in progress voice. Um, Which I don't think anybody listening can actually hear. No, nobody can actually hear that. <laughs> if, you, if you've used Zoom you, Betsy. in recent weeks and recorded something, you get a voice that says, this is being recorded. And it's one of those voices on like a navigation app. So uh, on that note, welcome in Husker Extra Podcast number 194. We're closing in on a milestone here. Uh, I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. It's uh, 1.42 p.m. Friday, June 11th, 2021. I need to give a quick shout out to Mrs. Baz. It's our 11th wedding anniversary today. She's currently in the other number room. 11. Big number yeah. 11. So shout out to Megan. She's in the other room with our lovely son, Palmer, right now. It's amazing anytime I hear somebody make it 11 years. Oh, um, I was shocked we made it more than like two uh, yeah. with the way I act. So Yeah, no kidding. Seriously. <laughs> As you, you've been married almost long enough now where you can, you can break out that joke, like how long you've been married. 11 years. Seven of the best years of my life. Ah, there it is. <laughs> That's good. Part. There it is. I'll run that one by the. I'll run that one by upper management here when we're done and see what. She That's does. really strong. I like that one. The first time I heard that one, I was like, "That's pretty good." And then, That's pretty good. and like, I've heard it several other times over the course of my life. I I had an old I had a friend who used to say about his marriage that each day is better than the next, which meaning that each day is worse <laughs> than the one before it. But it's kind, of, it's kind of a sneaky way of saying that. Each day is better than the next. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, happy, that happy note, anniversary to my congrats. wife. Um, yeah, congrats to us for making it this far. Uh, let's let's get right into it. We'll, we'll talk a little football recruiting today. We'll talk a little, we'll recap the baseball season who wrapped up, that wrapped up Monday down in Arkansas. Hogs getting ready to go tonight in the Super Regionals against NC State down at Bomb Stadium. Plenty to talk about. I'll let you guys kind of take it over. It's another official visitor weekend for Nebraska, the second one here in June after the big one last week. And maybe not quite the list of guys that Nebraska had last week, but still a pretty good, a pretty good um, representation of, of dudes coming in this weekend. Yeah, it definitely is. There's six official visitors that are getting to campus. I think all of them are getting to campus today. That's sort of the standard set up for the official visit Friday to Sunday. Um, and like you said, Baz, you know, last week it skewed a little more to the offensive side with a couple of offensive linemen. Plus, I would go so far as to say Nebraska's top targets at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Um, this week there, there's four defensive guys and two offensive guys, but the offensive guys are interesting. It's a wide receiver from Boulder named Grant Page and a running back named Ashton Hayes from out in Reno, uh, Nevada. He's sort of he could be a slot guy. Um, you know, he's sort of a versatile back in that way. He can really run. Um, and then they've got four defensive players on campus as well. So it's a busy weekend. They're up to, you know, it was eight last weekend. And then Tyreek Johnson, the, the transfer defensive back from Ohio State um, before last weekend. So that's 15 official visits that Nebraska has already used as of this weekend in June. There's two weekends still to go this month. Um, just like as a reference point, I think in 2019, Nebraska had 10 in June and one in April. So you're already north of the number for the full month um, this year. And obviously, I mean, I think they're going to probably go, you know, 10 more or so um, on the final two weekends. So uh, it's, it's busy. And then on top of that, there's guys on campus today uh, working out uh, in that sort of like, you know, you get one hour 
of working out on unofficial visits. So big group of kids doing that today. Nebraska sort of done a Friday set up with those last Friday, this Friday. So it's another uh, busy weekend at, at, at Memorial Stadium, and it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if any if any offers come out of the workouts today. And then Nebraska picked up the one commitment, which we can talk about um, from Chase Androff, the tight end, uh, during the course of the week. Uh, we'll see if any more commitments uh, shake out from either last week's visitors or this weekend's. Hey, Parker, um, as someone who's unfamiliar with college football, largely, <laughs> Um, who, <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. How many how many official visits is are are allowed? Fifty six. Fifty six. Fifty six. But you know, someone who's only vaguely aware that Nebraska has a football <laughs> program. Steve Sipple has a question. I'm sort of trying to get. I'm trying to indoctrinate myself into college football. So they get fifty six. Fifty six. Yeah. The thing I don't know about that, and I'm pre- I, the thing I don't know about that though is normally if you have visits left over from the year before you can roll them um, to your next year. And so like nobody used official visits. last Yeah. How would that work this year? Yeah. Right. Well, that's, it seems like you're more than vaguely aware of addition. So that's good. Um, (laughs) It's an improvement over what we normally get. Yeah. yeah, For real. Um, But then for real, for real, huh? Is that for real? real? I like how matter of fact that was, Oh yeah, seriously, for real. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's interesting because I saw, I should probably actually get some clarity on this because I saw recently simple that Ohio state, Mark Pantone, their chief of staff, the the sort of operations guy Mm -hmm. said that they were expecting 51 official visitors to Ohio state in the month of June alone. See, they must roll over. Yeah. And there's no way that the Buckeyes would use all but five of their official visits. Although, you know, their classes pushing toward full. So yeah, maybe. Um, but that's almost their, That's almost the normal, entire normal allotment for a year. So 56 in a normal year. I don't know that that's exactly the number this year. It's interesting. There you go. It is. So Parker, um, would you expect any commits out of what we're going to, out of the guys we're going to see this weekend? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know for sure about the six, like the, the six guys in particular that are visiting this weekend. You know, most of them, have already been on at least one visit. A lot of them have visits after this weekend. The guys I think you sort of put on on the watch list, so to speak, for the most part are guys that visited last weekend. Like, for example, Richard Torres, the quarterback, he's visiting Kansas State this weekend. And then basically he's probably going to be in decision mode after, after that. Um, Landon Sampson, the receiver that was here last week, He's unofficially visiting Ohio State this weekend uh, with his high school quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who, you know, number one overall player in the country for 2022 five-star prospect. Quinn Ewers already committed to Ohio State. So this is the last for a couple of the guys that visited last weekend. This weekend represents like the last thing we know that's on their schedule for the month. Torres, Samson. um, There's a couple of other guys that maybe you could put in that boat. We'll see what Jalen Marshall does. He's visiting Oklahoma State this weekend, defensive lineman. So there, there's some guys from last week's group as that, you know, this is sort of could be, could sort of transition to decision mode after this weekend. Um, but in terms of the guys that are visiting this weekend, I don't know if there's like a, I don't know if there's a, a guy that you would say is like a candidate to be a right away commit. I mean, I know 
that Nebraska is really high on, on Tyler Martin, the linebacker from Massachusetts. Um, he decommitted from Michigan back in January. I'm not sure if he's got other visits lined up after this. So maybe you got to keep an eye on there. And then actually Ashton Hayes, the running back, um, took an official last week, has Nebraska this week, and those seem to be the two main schools in contention for him. So there's some guys to watch, but I would say if you're looking for commitments on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's just as likely to come from last week's batches this week's. Hey, Bass is kind of an old guy, Parker, so he'd be interested in this Dom Rayola picture of Dom Dominic Rayola, former All-American center at Nebraska, 2000 Remington Award winner, has a kid. Uh, Dylan Rayola, who just got an offer from Georgia. He, yeah. Baz, he's a quarterback. Dominic remember, Rayola's son is getting college offers, huh? Yeah. How about Dominic? Hey, remember Dominic? His, just finished. I remember Dominic. High school. Yeah, what do you I, remember about Dominic? What do you remember well, about Dominic? I remember that he was a badass who yeah. just yeah. – I mean, that's probably the best way to describe it. Like, he just yeah. – he, he dominated at, at that position. Like, he was so good. I think he yeah. kind of gets lost in – lost in the shuffle a little bit when you talk about great Nebraska offensive linemen. And maybe I'm wrong there, but no, I think he does, if, you know, just, and it, that goes back to the guys Nebraska had, you know, before him in the glory days, of course, but he's as good as anybody's Nebraska's ever had almost. He's near the top of the list. So yeah, he was yeah, just, when a, you, when you look at the centers Baz, like if you just look at the center position, Dave Remington was the best center to ever played for Nebraska. Course, but after yeah. that, it's either, Aaron Taylor or Dominic Rayola. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. But but you don't – everybody kind of naturally assumes maybe it's Aaron Taylor, but if you look at them, if you really look at them and talk to guys who played with Dom, they would say, ah, um, it's it, – it, it, the nod might go to Dominic. So, anyway, Dylan Taylor. Anyway, we've got one foot in the grave because his kid's getting scholarship offers. In <laughs> Parker's going to be doing a story on Dylan Rayola. Yeah, he's a 2024 prospect. So he's just like uh, he's just like the kid from Bellevue West that Nebraska offered as a quarterback a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Daniel Kalen just finished his freshman year of high school um, and is gonna gonna be a sophomore next year. And like you said, Sip, he's six three and two ten. He's a big kid already. He's a really really good baseball player, um, and he's making the camp rounds this month. Already been offered uh, by Georgia. Um, and is visiting Nebraska uh, next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. And so that's not only will they have guys in and, and working out and, and maybe um, uh, maybe Dylan will throw and, and work out, but also then next weekend is like the Nebraska's big recruiting barbecue. So that's when they've really aimed to have a lot of guys on campus. Not only uh, will they have a good group of official visitors, but they'll have a bunch of unofficial visitors too. I know not only are there sort of bigger names uh, like that, but they've got a couple of kids from Florida that are, you know, offer worthy guys that'll be in town on unofficials. I think um, they got an outside linebacker from Texas that's coming up that weekend. Um, Carson Hegerly, who's a kid who's sort of been on the radar screen from North Dakota is coming down that weekend. So it's a busy weekend this weekend as we speak and as it gets going at Memorial stadium, but next weekend, uh, is going to be a really big one. Now, I don't know, Baz. Okay, this is a top 50 in his class baseball player, too, Dylan Rayola. He's a catcher. Now, I don't. I asked Dominic today if he would play both. It didn't sound like it. I could have, could have, and this is where, like, again, I'm just kind of getting used to college sports. 
It, I mean, could a quarterback at Nebraska play college baseball too? I don't know if you could even do that. It'd be tough because you, you're, you'd run into some conflicts with spring ball for right. sure. Yeah. And you'd probably I, miss a lot of fall ball as well when you got, when you came back on campus. So it'd be, if, it, if you're going to do it, you'd basically be playing the season and you wouldn't be doing, you know, you wouldn't be doing spring ball with the football team or you'd miss the first month of the baseball season. Basically. That's, that's what, um, that's what Reese Mooney, the 2023 quarterback that Nebraska's offer uh, offered and is after the only one in the country they're recruiting at this point. Um, that, that his plan is to play baseball, you know, wherever he goes and to try to do that. Um, and then there's actually an outside linebacker from Reno, Ashton Hayes' teammate, Robbie Snelling, um, is a really talented baseball player and plays outside linebacker um, and is, is supposedly going to visit Nebraska this fall. That would be, you know, Baz, like more than playing quarterback, imagine that. Imagine the physical rigors of like trying to play linebacker and throwing your shoulder into guys during football season. And oh, yeah. Quick, quick story. Who's the Wisconsin receivers coach, Parker? Do you know? He used to be here, Baz. I can't come up with his name right now. Uh, he's on. not, isn't he not actually there anymore? He went to Michigan State. Oh, he's at Michigan State. That's right. Thank you. Hang on. Um, Gilmore, Ted, Ted Gilmore. Ted Gilmore. Ted so Gilmore, here's the deal. Is. Along these lines, it was really interesting. Remember, Basil, remember Kyrie Cooper was a receiver here. Yep. Played outfield for the baseball team. Yep. And we were covering spring ball as we do. And it got around to talking to Ted Gilmore. He was in the group setting and he was asked about Kyrie Cooper. He was very blunt about the fact that he's not here, so he doesn't matter. Because uh, he was, because he was playing, because he's playing, because he's playing baseball, and therefore I have no comment on him. Um, he was, he was very, it was very clear he was not happy about him playing baseball. That's why I just don't. I think it's really hard. God, for yeah. a quarterback, I just don't know how you could do it. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I there, it's it's hard enough no matter what position you play, but playing quarterback yeah. and then having yeah. to try and do that. Uh-uh. No way. I just say no way. I just say. All right. I know Kyler, Kyler Murray didn't pull it off well at all. Jeez. Damn wow. it, Parker. God dang it, Parker. Damn it, Parker. Damn number it, one Parker. overall pick in football and number nine overall pick in baseball. Yeah, it can't. It cannot work. Did Come you do both in college, though? Oh, college? Hold on, Parker. Hold on. I think he did, Baz. Did he? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think he played baseball. And, yeah, he played baseball. Now, I don't know that he cut it off, though. I, Let's look. Yeah. With the Sooners, I'm praying he spent, to God right now that he didn't do both because Parker will really, really look bad. He played, he played in 20, He played two years at Oklahoma. There you go, 2017-2018. Played 51 games in 2018. Hello, 96, 10 homers, 10 stolen bases. Yeah, I remember him playing. I mean, I, uh, I don't. I'm still saying though. Now he's a crazy good talent. I was gonna say like not not every high school quarterback slash outfielder is Kyler Murray. So that's right. I don't know, and I don't. You'd have to look too if Oklahoma's how that overlapped when they had spring ball, all that. Uh, Probably they had it in the spring, so it must have overlapped. Jeez, wow. <laughs> Parker. But, but it can vary as to when, it can. as to it can. when teams have it, you know. It can vary. Yeah, it, it would be a it would be a you could do it. It would be a tall task. I think is the point we're trying to make. Well, yeah, Aaron Murray's five eight, so it's not that tall of a task. Oh, um, the, 
Kyler. Kyler Murray. Kyler, yeah. Kyler Murray. Kyler. First off. Yeah. Yeah. Kyler. Well, Harry. again, I'm just trying to get used to football. I have yeah. Aaron Murray's 5'8. <laughs> so it's not that tall of a task. Hello. Baseball Hello. is easier for him because his zone's not very big. <laughs> That's probably the only reason he could do it. It's not because he's uh, once in a, you know. 28 walks, 56 strikeouts his last year of baseball at Oklahoma. So maybe it's not that easy. Hmm. Huh. I don't even know where to go from that. Oh, we, we do know. Kyler Murray you know, for no good reason. Uh, Parker's on call basically starting Sunday for Richard Torres, their quarterback. Um, I'm hoping we can call him Dick Torres when he gets here. But as far as that Richie goes. Rich. I think it's I think the, verna- the, the approved vernacular is Richie Rich. Rich, rich. Um, Sip one, I will call him Dick Torres. Like, that'll be fine. Yeah, visiting visiting Kansas State. Now, Parker, is this just a matter of – is Kansas State just going to try to talk him out of Nebraska? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, That And Richard Torres, you know, these are the only two visits on his schedule. The thing that Richard Torres undoubtedly knows is that Nebraska right now is scheduled to host – AJ Bianco, who's a quarterback from Honolulu, Hawaii, on an official visit next weekend. So Torres gets his two official visits out of the way. He's in the driver's seat at Nebraska. He's the only quarterback that's visited officially. MJ Morris is off the board. He committed to NC State. Um, You know, it's the Richard Torres show right now. Um, But that all changes if uh, AJ Bianco gets on a plane and visits and, you know, hits it off with the staff. Um, you know, a week from today. So that's sort of the, that's sort of the situation. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like the honest, I don't know what they would tell you in terms of exactly how they compare the two guys, but Torres has been on campus. He's visited. Bianco hasn't. Uh, and so uh, he's in the catbird seat right now. Richard Torres is, but okay. the clock is ticking on that. And they're, they're, okay. They're- There's a really interesting question, Parker. I, and I don't know. I mean, I, I ask you questions sometimes that are un, unanswerable, but if Torres commits, does Bianco still come on his visit? I don't know. I, I, do, I doubt it. I doubt it. Nebraska's never, I mean, Nebraska hasn't taken two quarterbacks in a class um, under, under Frost and, and Mario Verduzco, the quarterback's coach. They, they added Noah Vedrill as a transfer in addition to taking, is that Luke McCaffrey, I think, in the, in the, what would have been the 19 class. Um, but They've not taken two. Well. Yeah. Yeah. They both played at Nebraska. They both um, played at Nebraska for a time. Yeah. Um, and so the, it's going to be, I don't think so simple now time will tell. Um, but if Torres commits, I think he's, he's their guy, you know, I think he's okay. their guy and they, they won't look back after that. And so that'd be, Bianco, that'd be my guess. So Bianco's probably just, is Bianco just sitting back waiting to see what Torres does too? Well, yes and no. I mean, I think Bianco, the last I heard was he was out on the West Coast, you know, he was doing the camp swing out there, trying to get noticed by by other schools, too. I mean, think about all the challenges recruits have had over the past year plus in terms of, you know, finding a way to play and get in front of, you know, get tape even to coaches when when with the pandemic and the dead period, then imagine being not where you could like walk down the street and go to USC's campus or get in the car like Tyler Martin did and go somewhere like, you know, when you're in Hawaii, like there was travel restrictions, even from 
continental U.S. back and forth with Hawaii. So, and they, and they didn't have a season even in the spring. They had some like scrimmage work basically. So he really, he's really has to make up for lost time in terms of the evaluation piece. So I think he's probably keeping busy and then we'll see if Nebraska's got a quarterback in his class a week from now. Before we switch over to Bass and talk some baseball, some serious baseball, Nebraska now has three verbals. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. A Hausman, Victor Jones. Correct. And, and Chase Androff, the, the tight end committed on Monday. Yeah. So it's going to be super interesting. I mean, I, I, I think you could see more, more action, obviously this month, not only we've talked about a couple guys, Torres, uh, Samson, maybe depending on what happens with Ohio state, some other guys who could decide to pull the trigger sooner rather than later. And then, you know, then you've got a guy um, like Jake Applegate, who we talked about after he picked up an offer during his workout and got an offer from Minnesota the next day. But yeah, there's a lot of, um, a lot of puzzle pieces to fit together, a lot of moving pieces. And Oh, you know, by the way, um, Tyreek Johnson is listed as an enrolled student at Nebraska. Doesn't mean for sure that he ends up at, you know, playing for Nebraska, but it's a pretty good indicator um, that he's, you know, he's clearly one of how they want to fill one of their two spots on the transfer market for the summer, like to play in 2021. So there's just, uh, there's moving pieces on pretty much all fronts. And he's a five, he was a former five-star defensive back who likes pancakes. Um, the, <laughs> we know he does like pancakes. Yeah, we know that. yeah, we do. He does, we do. Now, Baz, I, I was really fascinated when I walked in the office yesterday and you started uh, rattling off photos on your phone of Baum Stadium in Fayetteville and the impression that place made on you. Yeah, um, huge impression. Huge impression. Why? Um, Why? Just because I think it showed what Haymarket Park could be uh, in a way. If Nebraska made some changes out there, you look at those two stadiums and there's a lot of similarities. Uh, you can start with the fact that they're both oriented the exact same direction. Um, they're, they're set up a similar way. Um, Bomb has more suites. Their suites kind of go all the way down the, the lines as opposed to not quite that far in Haymarket. There's berms um, in the outfield. But, you know, what I saw this weekend or this last weekend, I guess, was was something that Haymarket could could aspire to, uh, if we're being honest. And that Arkansas had 11,084 fans there every night. That was their official attendance every night, which is a sellout. And the stands were packed. The left field berm was packed. They call it the hog pen out there. And it's it's basically, for those that aren't familiar with bomb it's basically a park on left field. There's, there's built-in grills out there. They have a separate entrance where you can bring in coolers. You know, I watched two college kids walk in with a $600 Yeti cooler full of booze, each of them carrying an end of it and setting up, you know, they come in before the games and set up their lawn chairs and you can see where that would work at Nebraska with the way that park is set up uh, with the left field berm. You could see, um, beer sales, alcohol sales there. You could see a separate entrance to get into that left field area. You'd come up with a catchy nickname pretty easily. Call it the corn crib or call it, you know, whatever you want to call it, something the like that. Crib. So, you know, it's, I think what I saw there first and foremost is a Nebraska team that, that wasn't intimidated by that environment. 
but at the same time, it was an environment that was very intimidating, uh, if that makes sense. You know, it's not easy for teams to go in there and win. And I think Alabama, or I think Arkansas is 29 and six at home now this year. They've won like 82% of their games at home over the last five, six years. It's some ridiculous number. It's an intimidating home environment. And I think Nebraska handled it very well. But when things got tight, you know, when Arkansas had its big inning on that eighth inning Monday night, I think that crowd played a role in it. Um, You know, the sound that that crowd made uh, when Chase Welch hit the home run, Charlie Welch, excuse me, hit the home run for Arkansas was right up there with anything I've ever heard uh, in 20 years of covering sports at the high school, college level. It was just a, it was a, it was a special, special environment. I know Nebraska fans, at least some of them, probably a vocal minority of them are going to say, well, Arkansas is annoying. You know, they were, they were mean to our boys and this, that, and the other thing, but look, man, that place is special. And you see why Arkansas is so tough in that building and you see how it could work for Nebraska with some changes. And obviously it's not as easy as saying, well, we're just going to throw a few million dollars at it and, and make it better. There's, there's obviously an agreement there with the Lincoln salt dogs. You have to work through, you'd have to get alcohol sales approved. You'd have to do some remodeling and updating and, and facelift and those sorts of things. But if you're going to do it, you know, now it's time to do it. You got a really good team. You got a hot coach. You're in a league that you're poised. If things go well to, to dominate really for the foreseeable future uh, after the, the way things went this year, you win that league with games to spare this year. And so, yeah, I saw what I saw was a great atmosphere, an incredible college atmosphere. What I also saw was an opportunity for Nebraska to, to turn Haymarket Park into something like that and make it one of the toughest places to play in the country. I got a question. You guys, you guys, have, you guys manage to do things other than work in this world. And a lot of life has basically passed me by. What, <laughs> what, what, why, why? I mean, what is a $600 Yeti cooler and what are the benefits of a Yeti cooler? It supposedly keeps stuff cold for a really long time. You get a neat sticker that you can put on it. Um, that's, that's really about it. <laughs> I, think. I, don't, I don't know if the, I don't know if the benefits of a $600 Yeti cooler are best seen in the hog pen when you're probably like going to be home in a couple hours or yeah you're going to be not worried about the temperature of your drinks in a couple hours at the very least. Um, But like, let's say you were going to an Island in Lake Superior where there was no electricity. Um, Okay. It would seal well enough to keep your ice frozen for weeks, a couple weeks. Really? Really? So it's about the sealant. It's about yeah, the seal. Yeah, it's about the seal. Yeah, they're extremely efficient. So if you yeah. if you want to look cool and just have a Yeti cooler, that's great. But if you're actually like going into the backcountry or going out like out into the you know the shit, so to speak, like the what? I'm sorry, the, the shit. The, what? Shit. the shit. The shit. Okay. Yeah. It, <laughs> Hello. It will actually. Uh, it will actually serve the purpose it's supposed to serve which yeah. is to- like they're they're like they're pretty sweet actually like yeah. i have a yeti koozie it's like a metal koozie with a screw on top and it will keep a drink cold for like hours like it's insane how good it works wow not that you're going to have a drink and a koozie for hours at a time but so you're paying for technology you're paying for technology yeah. it's kind of like golf you're paying for technology 
basically when you go buy that new huh. driver. So, All right. So uh, Will Bolt, um, Will Bolt will be, you know what, what I was thinking when you were going through your spiel about the stadium and what they can do at Haymarket. And by the way, Haymarket needs refurbishing. It needs a, it needs an update. It needs a yeah, those stuff. Yeah, those grounds. And I'm talking mainly about the grounds around it. Um, but that's the sort of thing that could help keep Will here. Yes. I mean, it's, there, there'll be an ongoing discussion, I imagine, um, as long as the Nebraska baseball program does. What I guess what, what we expected to do um, there's going to be teams coming after Will quite a bit. He's already really well respected. Um, so that, that I think that could help. Bass, real quick, Parker's talking about the football recruiting. You, do you have a pretty good idea what they have coming in in terms of their 2021 class? You're talking baseball. Baseball. I mean, I know the yeah. name Chase Mason. I know the name Drew Christo. Uh, those are the big ones, right? Yeah, it's it's a top forty class nationally. Uh, if you go and it's like everything else, there's different places you can look, but I think the general consensus is it's a top forty class nationally. It's ranked thirty six by Perfect Game, which really does a good job of keeping track of that stuff. And you mentioned two of the big names, Chase Mason, the South Dakota Player of the Year, who's who's kind of that classic. Like he's 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 a slugger. It's he's a guy that when he hits the ball, it sounds different. He's one of those type of guys. Uh, Drew Cristo, obviously, a lot of folks in Nebraska are familiar with. Monte Cristo's son, uh, the pitcher from Elkhorn, who's probably going to be an MLB draft pick here next month. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how highly he goes, how much money he gets, if it's enough to, to make him say, you know what, I'm going pro, or if, or if Nebraska's going to have a real shot to, to get him to Lincoln, which if they do, then they have him for three years. So it's, it's going to be real interesting to watch that play out. There's a kid named C.J. Hood uh, from Norris who's got just nasty stuff as a high school kid, can get up to, up to mid-90s on the gun, long, lanky guy. Uh, Luke Jessen out of Elkhorn South is another guy I think you need to keep an eye on. It's, it's, it's a fascinating class because if you look at the quote that Will Bolt gave about it when they all signed, he said it reminded him of his recruiting class that came in back in 99, I believe it was. And Yeah, 98. That, 98, yeah. We all know what that class did at Nebraska went, went to a couple college world series and, and really helped turn that program around under Dave Van Horn. So that's what it reminds him of. It's a lot of local kids. You know, they went to Hawaii and got a kid uh, much like Nebraska did in that 98 class with Shane Coleman. Um, they went into Texas and got a kid. I believe they've got a kid coming in from Canada. You know, they, they've, they kind of went all over to get guys, but the majority of those guys are coming from Nebraska, coming from the Omaha area, the Lincoln area. You know, and, and it's it's local kids that care. And now they've seen those kids have seen what happened this year uh, with with that team coming. You know, from a place where maybe nationally Nebraska didn't have the respect that it deserved, and even in the conference not having the respect it deserved, picked picked outside the top six, and they win the league by three and a half games. So yeah, it's a it's a fascinating recruiting class. And you look at you look at what Nebraska's losing after this year. You know, Spencer Schwellenbach chief among those names, uh, potentially Cade Povich, depending on what his, happens with his draft status. You know, a guy like Jackson Hallmark, who is a senior this year, he's one of those guys that can decide to come back and take advantage of the extra year uh, if he wants to. Um, but there's some guys, you're going to lose some guys. You know, Luke Roskam, you're going to lose. That's leadership. Mojo Haggy's a guy that's not coming back. There's, there's, there's going to be Acker. some oh, Acker, you know, guys that played really key roles on this team. And you're, you're losing a lot of leadership. 
but I don't know that you'll necessarily see a huge drop in the talent level. The experience level certainly is going to be different next year. Um, but just from a talent standpoint with what's coming back, you know, we, there was a lot of freshmen on this team that we didn't even see play this year because of Nebraska's depth, because they didn't play midweek games, those sorts of things. We hear all about Max Anderson, Bryce Matthews. They had a bunch of classmates that were pretty good too. And now you're going to add this really talented class to it with a guy like Drew Christo, who, if he ends up here, might be starting on the weekends for Nebraska as a freshman, you know, and CJ Hood, who might be coming out of the bullpen as a freshman, Chase Mason, who could be batting in the middle of that lineup as a freshman. You know, there's guys in this class they are going to have the chance to come in and play right away. So it's, it's going to look different next year, certainly, um, from the guys that are on the field, maybe stylistically a little bit, but the talent level, there's, there's probably going to be a little bit of a drop, but, but not a whole lot just from a pure talent standpoint. Yeah, Chase Mason, that's another guy I'd watch in the draft. Yeah, um, somebody to keep an eye on, certainly. Yeah, he, he could go high enough. I know Will's a little concerned about that. That's something to watch. When is the draft, by the way? It's in July, mid-July. It's the same weekend as the All-Star game. Um, okay. July 11th, 12th. It's only 20 rounds this year. So you're not going to see as many guys picked as you would in a normal year, um, going back to 2019. But, yeah, Chase Basin's fascinating because he's had FBS football offers, too, as a quarterback. We're talking about guys who play football and baseball. Wyoming offered him as a quarterback. Some really yeah, good Fresno FCS. State did. Yeah, Fresno, Fresno State, State did. Yeah. yeah, some good FCS programs offered him as a quarterback. So, and he was, he's kind of similar to the the guy Nebraska was after in football recruiting from Kansas, the, or is after, I guess. Uh, cannot, cannot, Darren Canick, yeah. Darren, Canick. Darren Canick, yeah. And that he's a freak athlete, runs track, you know, his back running the 400 meters this year after an ACL tear during football season. You know, he's just, he's one of those kids that's a freak athlete. And like I said, he's one of those guys where he went to a showcase last summer, a baseball showcase, and was absolutely hitting the cover off the ball and kind of making some scouts go, whoa, hello, look at this dude, you know, 6'4", 215 already. <laughs> you know, he's 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 grown man already. So, yeah, that's a guy that if Nebraska gets him here, look out. And it's kind of the same with Drew Christo and a lot of those guys too. There's some potential if they're able to keep the majority of this class together and, and keep them from – and if they don't get drafted too high, ended up in Lincoln, you're going to have something there. It's interesting too because the we were talking about this the other day, Baz, the – the guys who you just started to see in terms of like pitching, you know, like Cal Perry, I thought, you know, on Monday was really good. You know, I mean, yeah. you could tell and that's just getting back to it after, after Tommy John. So a full off season and all that, I mean, that that's going to serve him well. And they've got other guys too in the, in that boat where it's not just the incoming group and, and then the guys who played a, a big role this year that returned, but, You've got a couple guys like that who take the next step in their recovery and you think you might might have a lot of production there too. Yeah, you know, we forget Colby Gomez didn't pitch this year. And, and that's one of the best arms on that team. You know, you're talking mid-90s stuff. Was great as a freshman in 2019. And, and I couldn't help but think of him Monday night, you know, when Nebraska needed to win that game and needed about one more arm out of the bullpen. Now, if they could have brought in Colby Gomez, maybe that game turns out a little differently. You know, who knows? Um, Arkansas is really good. But, yeah, they're going to have some guys back. Jake Munns, you know, Kyle Perry, like you said, Cody Frank. Uh, Cam potentially Wynn. Cam Wynn, potentially, potentially uh, Cade Povich, like I said. You'll lose Chance Roach. You'll lose a couple other guys, Max Schreiber. But by and large, you're going to return a lot of high-leverage arms next year to add in with those freshmen. So, if pitching-wise – 
you probably feel pretty good. You're going to be really good up the middle on defense. You're going to return your catcher in Griffin Everett. You're going to return Bryce Matthews, uh, your second baseman, who had an outstanding year as a freshman and has the talent that, that it's tangible. You can see it with him. Just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's oh, a shortstop? Yeah. Who's going to play that's, a shortstop? See, that's the question. Do you move Bryce Matthews over there? You know, because he could, he played third base at the regional and looked pretty good over there, too. So he's a guy you can move around. You can put him at short. You can put Cam Chick at second base. You know, Cam yeah. Chick will be back next year. Oh, yeah. Know? Chick is a bat, too. Yeah, he's a bat. And he made probably Nebraska's two best defensive plays this year, one in the outfield at Michigan State and one in the infield against Arkansas when he dove and stabbed a, a hot shot up the middle. So you're going to be good up the middle on defense, which you always have to be in baseball. It's kind of one of the old axioms. There's, there's some spots where you, where you need to replace guys. Roskam at first base um, is going to need replacing uh, who knows who else, potentially Hallmark in the outfield, Mojo Haggy in the outfield who had a great glove out there. There's there, Joe Acker in the outfield as well. Your whole outfield is going to, going to look new next year. But again, there's guys that sat there this year and couldn't play because there was no midweek games and no non-conference games that that'll be ready to step into those roles. So it's going to be really interesting. I think come fall ball to see what it looks like, see what they roll out there. And then of course, when the season gets here in February, early March, they, they've got a chance, I think, to back this season up with another good season. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, people, I think people are sort of excited already. They should um, be. I mean, well, and like I said, Nebraska's poised, to and I hate to use this word because it, it carries weight, but they're poised to dominate the Big Ten, you know, kind of like people thought they might when they first came into the league, you know, from the Big 12. You thought, oh, baseball in Nebraska is going to walk all over that league. I think and, Eric Backage would have something to say about that. Bad. He would, yeah. And so would the Indiana Hoosiers, you know, so did the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's, it's not like it's going to be a walkover or anything like that, but Nebraska's in the conversation and you know, Darren Erstad did a good job, but it, it, it wasn't every year where he said, oh, yeah, Nebraska's going to be in the mix this year to win this league. And it just – it feels different under World Bowl. I think – and he used the word, and I'll continue to repeat it, it it's tangible. You can see it with, with, these, with these guys. And there's momentum there. And doing what they did this last weekend, even though you lose, it shows you, you know, what you had this year – outside of your conference. We, we found out they were pretty good in their conference. We also found out they're pretty good on a national scale too. So yeah, it's, it won't be easy. I think the big 10 just continues to get better in baseball every year. Um, this year's regional showing aside uh, outside of Nebraska, of course, but it, it's not going to be easy, but Nebraska is going to be in the mix to win that big 10 title every year. And there's going to be years where it's like this or where they might dominate and win it with a league. Well, now hold on. Now there's one other tangible thing to address numbers, numbers, Eric Backage is making eight hundred and six thousand annually, uh, with a maximum bonus of one twenty thousand. Will Bolt's making three hundred thousand uh, with a. He will be making more than that next year. I would be willing to. A quit. maximum bonus of one twenty thousand. That gap's gonna close, right? Would close significantly, I would think. Um, I think. I don't, I don't know what Bill Moose Yeah, I don't, I don't think Will Bolt's getting a half-million-dollar raise in the offseason or anything like that, but he's going to be making more than $300,000 next year. I would be – I, I wonder if he'll become the second highest paid. Now, the gap after Backage is huge. After Backage, this, I'll have you guess this. Who's the second highest paid baseball coach in the Big Ten? Oh, boy. I would probably say Tracy Smith at Indiana, if I had to guess. Well, now, wait a second. He's, he went to Arizona State. Or not, um, sorry, yeah. That's the old Indiana coach. All yeah. the Indiana coach. I'll say the Indiana He's coach. getting paid now. 
Yeah. No, well, no he got fired, highest, so he ain't getting paid anymore. No. Yeah, the second highest paid coach is Rick Heller. Oh, at Iowa. Gap, yeah, the gap. Yeah, at Iowa, the gap is really large. He's making three seventy six. So, so it's a big gap. 000. I don't know if you you'd make Will Bolt the second highest paid coach. You might. Is it? Might. Isn't Backage like he's at like four hundred base, right? And then he's got some other guarantees of getting like uh, you know there was a, a website that listed all the 220 salaries and i thought that it it seemed like that was his base it now remember they went they got yeah. within a game of winning it all in 2019 yeah um so yeah it's i mean he made a legitimate eight hundred thousand with bonus potential and that's what i think that's what you'd have to pay a, a coach who makes it to the cws final i almost think you're you have to pay him that well, that's well, the, that's the. And if you want to keep him around in the Big Ten, you better pay, you better pay him that much, or he'll go. Yeah. He'll go somewhere south where he can get paid. And yeah, some- the LSU coach was making well north of a million. Oh yeah. Um, and there's there's a few others in the SEC that make a million or more. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a different game in the SEC. We all know that, but. Well, well, I mean, it just means more. It just yeah. means more. Is all I'm trying to say. Simple. Um, <laughs> No, I, I would be – I would love to be a fly on the wall at that meeting when Will Bolt walks into Bill Moose's office, you know, next week or whenever they, they have that meeting and just sit just to, just to be in there and listen to what Will Bolt might ask for, you know, when it comes to potential improvements at Haymarket Park, what, what they talk about for salary, things like that, because Will Bolt's in a position of power right now, and he's got the he's got that cachet, I think, to maybe ask for some things, you know, whether that's a renovated locker room or whatever it may be. So, assistant yeah, we'll be salaries, assistant, assistant salary pool, you know, re- recruiting budget, things like that. You know, there's a lot of stuff to be sorted out there. So it's going to be it'll be interesting a couple months from now, and when, when that's all kind of sorted out, what it looks like. It's interesting because, like, there's no doubt you could watch it. That's a good, it's a great word that Will Bolt used, tangible. It is amazing though, like when you think about, like it's is one year, right? It's a great year. They won the Big Ten. It was a weird year, league only schedule. You go to a, a, a regional and push Arkansas and all that. And now we're talking about, man, he's in a position of power. They can do all these things. Like it's just a little bit of a preview, I guess, of what, this fan base is going to do and the way people are going to react if, you know, Frost, Scott Frost or Fred Hoiberg in particular get their programs going. I mean, it's, it's amazing how quickly we got to this point where it just, it's treated as a sure thing. This is definitely going to work. And it's, it's obviously on the right track, but it's just, it's remarkable to me that like what the fervor is going to be like if one of those other programs. Well, college, college athletics is mainly about emotion and this is large. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of emotional responses Yeah, and I think the fan base it's, it's, there is an emotional response. Nebraska men's athletics has, has had so few examples of success that fans just wrap their arms around this and they, they don't want to, they don't want to let go of it. I don't think Will Bolt thinks of it that way, but yeah, he he can cap capitalize on that. Yeah, well, that's that's I think that's a good way of putting it. So that's what I'm trying to say when I say he's in a position of power. Like mm-hmm. he, he's got oh, the fan base, you know, he's got the fan base behind him. You know, yeah, he does. 
Yeah, no, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, Baz, not at all. I mean, it's just amazing how quickly yeah. you can ascend to that position. No, no take on around here, it doesn't. Nope, it doesn't. No, and it's like, yeah, and look, if Fred gets it going this winter with what he's – that's a whole other topic, but with what Fred's got coming in and got coming back and the type of recruits they've had on campus already this June, they get that thing going uh, with full crowds again in a, in a premier conference, then, yeah, look out. Then all of a sudden – you know, you're, you're dragging the men's athletics in this department, you know, kind of back into the spotlight. And so, yeah, there's, there's opportunities there and, and baseball kind of showed the way, I think a little bit with that. If if you, if you, if you get the right combination of coaching, the right combination of attitude and then a few breaks, you see what can happen and it can happen pretty easily. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting time certainly for baseball and for the athletic department as a whole. Now all we got to do is get through football season and basketball season. We'll be back to baseball. Yeah, we're just right there. I'm, I'm sure it'll just fly by. Yeah. That, we're only, yeah. We're only eight I, know, I, heard, I caught you there, Parker. I caught that little bit of sarcasm. Come on. I love it. I love baseball. So, you know, won't catch me. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray, too. And Same. Aaron Murray. And all Aaron Murray. And all Tyler. the Murrays. All, all, yeah, the Murrays. all the Murrays. I think I called him Kyler yeah, Bill Murray. I'm a fan of Bill Murray. If well, there's a Murray out there. Ann Murray. I'm a fan of Ann Murray. Ann Murray. Yeah, I yeah. think we can all agree we're fans of Ann Murray. Yes. Um, right. On that note, we should probably wrap this up. Um, yeah, Eddie Murray. No, I'm a Eddie fan Murray. of Murray. No, that'd yeah. be Eddie, Eddie Murray or Eddie Murphy. How about both? No, who is a former Baltimore Orioles? Slug? That would be Eddie Murray. Yeah, that would be Eddie Murray. I'm a fan of Eddie Murray. He could hit it. He could hit, he could hit it. Could hit a long way. I can hit it. Any other Murrays? I got power. I got gap to gap power. Do you? No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slap hitter. It's like the, it's like, just like uh, Chase Mason, right. And Eddie Murray. It's like when, when they hit it, it stays hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when Chase Mason hit it, hits it, it stays hit. <laughs> when, it, when he hits it, it stays hit. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> All right. We went pretty long there. That was low. I was long winded. Thank you guys for, Thank the 12 of you that stuck all the way through to the end of this uh, for hanging with us. We'll, uh, we'll pick it up again next week. We'll probably have some more updates uh, regarding, well, we have the big red blitz next week. So we'll have have a full, we'll be coming off the edge. We'll be coming coming off the edge. edge. Yeah. We'll be pulling each other back off the edge after doing the big red blitz. So, all right guys, until then we'll talk to you soon.